Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Talking about Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talking about it often. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out to a big. Welcome to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Damley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. Big, big win for the Indianapolis Colts, moving to 7 and 3. Maintaining the lead in the AFC South, huge game for the Colts. Big win over the Green Bay Packers at home. Two games in a row that the Colts had to win last weekend against the Titans and this week against the Packers. Huge wins for the Colts, moving them to seven and three. Um, you know, there's a bunch of six and three teams as of before yesterday or last week, uh, rather. The good thing about the way yesterday shook out is that only two teams who were 6-3 and three outside of the Colts won. The bad news, one of them was the Tennessee Titans, and that continues to keep them and the Colts uh, with identical records. The other part of that is that the Houston Texans won. They're down several games you know, at this point, but they look good, beat the Patriots. That's a big win for them any way you slice it. Um, so... Good. I mean, the other the other av- uh, part of that is that the uh, Las Vegas Raiders lost, and this is kind of the big picture here, with the Colts and Titans in such uh, close proximity here with identical records. It does make a little bit of headway towards even the wild card part for the Colts, because that's ultimately the big deal here. The Titans are a real team. The Colts have always played well against the Titans. I've always been really good against them, especially on the road. So last week didn't come as a big as as big of a shock to I think probably most of us as it probably did to the rest of the you know the country, so to speak. But the the best part about this is the Colts play them well at home too. So and the Colts have them coming back up. A sweep against the Titans would be massive. Um, you know the Colts have only played once against the Jags. They haven't played the Texans yet this year. Still have a few AFC South games to play, but the Colts also have real tests, real tests in the Raiders, who are a very good team. They are a good team, and they took Kansas City to the mat yesterday. Uh, They damn near beat them again. They didn't. Came down to Patrick Mahomes on a last second. You know, pretty similar to the way the Colts game played out, except for the fact that the Colts actually won, and the Raiders, you know, ended up getting beat on, uh, you know, some last second plays by the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, you go and you look at this and and then you see that the Steelers are undefeated right now. Those are two very, very real teams that the Colts have on the remainder of their schedule outside of the AFC South. So the Colts have a lot of work to do still, but they are in great shape. 
I, I can't tell you how elated I am and probably that you guys are too to see that the Colts have seven wins already uh, in this young season. I mean, we're, we're 11 weeks in, 10 games for the Colts. Uh, it, it's just, you know, you, you couldn't be happier, I don't think, to see that the Colts are in the position that they're in. Uh, looking just kind of, you know, off the top of my head, I mean, Buckner had a good game yesterday, fumble recovery, played really well and stout up front. Grover Stewart was a big part of that as well up front. Um, Trey did get some snaps yesterday. We didn't see much activity from him. Uh, in, in fact, uh, he didn't make it on the, uh, onto, he did he didn't make it onto the stat sheet. That's for sure. Um, but you know, that's, that's going to come and that's to be expected. Like I said, he was on a, a snap count yesterday. I'm sure of that. Um, and just didn't get a lot. It would have been nice to have him you know, in there, full go, ready to go, take up as many second and third down snaps as he could. Uh, but that's just not the case. The Colts needed it yesterday. I mean, we got one sack on Rodgers, and that was the only quarterback hit that the Colts had on him all day. The fact that the Colts won a game where they only hit Aaron Rodgers one time is amazing. They did create some pressure, which allowed Rodgers to pick up some yards with his feet. Other than that, though, the Colts were very good against the run. Uh, just in terms, you know, looking at... Rodgers picked up only 13 yards on the ground. That p puts the uh, I'm sorry, the Packers at 53 yards rushing for the day. Another great, great job by the Colts front four and the front seven in general in keeping that running game very limited. But of course, we know what happened. The Packers dropped 28 in the first half. Colts are down two scores. The Colts defense was effing phenomenal yesterday, keeping them to three points between the second half and overtime is just something that is beyond what I think anybody's reasonable, rational explanation or expectations should have been yesterday. That was excellent football. Um, I, I'm convinced at this point. We all know how uh, imperative that Buckner is. We all know how important and how how much of a, uh, a leader and a centralized, focused uh, person that Darius Leonard is. To this, these two guys are imperative to this defense. Kenny Moore. He might be the most important guy on this defense, folks. I mean, this dude is nothing but consistent every single week. He's an excellent tackler. He's great in coverage. He's he's often got the call to take the tight ends. That I mean, that's his coverage a lot of times, and he's killing it. He's killing it. I, I just I mean, I think we all know how important Kenny Moore is in terms of we love this dude. He's great on this team. He might be one of the most important pieces to this defense. I mean, we've seen Rocky Sin get smoked several weeks in a row. Rocky Sin, though, did get an important interception for him. I hope that turned around some of his confidence, but we saw the uh, the the pass interference call in the end zone. That, that, that shit with him, it just constantly happens. He's a grabby dude. He's constantly getting called for that. It's either holding or pass interference. Hopefully this kind of turns him around a little bit because he is good. He is physical. And he's a tough guy, and he has the intelligence to be a really good corner in this league. But we, we're we seeing it all the time with him. Having Kenny Moore back there, like the picture of stability for this secondary, is just rubbing off, I think, on so many people. I mean, Rhodes has done really damn well, really well. I'm a little wound up this morning, so I mean, uh, forgive me for, for, uh, for that, but you know, I, I just couldn't be more excited about how this defense has actually shown up. I was very uh, uh, aware and, and 
and kind of taking a backseat to my excitement to see that the defense had been playing so well in the first handful of weeks. But man, they, they took out Tennessee, who had a far better offense than the Colts did at that point before last week. Uh, and they've taken out the Green Bay Packers, who, I mean, Valdez Scantling and Adams and Jones and Rodgers and a good offensive line, they did it. And then they did it in the most important time of the game in the third quarter and the fourth, obviously in overtime as well, forcing a turnover is huge. Um, but man, I mean, this secondary right now is playing some great ball. And even Blackman, you know, he did miss a, that deep pass from Rodgers uh, later in the game. Man, he couldn't have been a half a second uh, or, or a, a, just a different angle of swiping at that ball and knocking that ball down. That play just doesn't happen. And that was third and 10. So, I mean, we just, we have some excitement in this secondary, in this defense, in, in all, everybody. They're running in, even when they're subbing in and out. We're getting excellent play from everybody. So, super excited about this defense. They really stepped up and really set the tone in the second half for the Colts. Now, the Colts offense, uh, I think five sustained drives over eight plays throughout the game. Four of them were in the second half. The Colts blanked. The, the Packers, obviously, in the third quarter, 11 points to none. That is constantly considered to be one of the most important, if not the most important quarter in professional football or football in general. And the Colts just took them to task in there. And I mean, when you're down 14 and you get yourself within a field goal to start the fourth quarter, you're in good shape. But there isn't any of us, none of us, and nobody out there that thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to get you know, only a field goal throughout the remainder of the game, even at the start of the fourth quarter. We kind of knew. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is good, and he's got some weapons, and we knew they were going to put a touchdown up. They just didn't, and the Colts' defense was excellent, forcing turnovers. How about the Colts' special teams, guys? Excellent kick coverage all day long. Rodrigo Blankenship was excellent. I mean, (laughs) the 50-yarder hits the crossbar, but it was accurate. He was pinpoint on all of his kicks in terms of accuracy. All of them, perfect, true, right down the middle. you got to love that from the rookie. I mean, just excellent, excellent stuff from the Colts special teams units yesterday. Um, you just got to love that. Forcing, forcing uh, uh, turnovers, it, it was a good day. Yes, the Colts had a couple turnovers of their own. Um, it's hard not to blame Mo Cox for his fumble. Um, I'm not blaming... Philip Rivers necessarily for his interception though. Tip pass at the line of scrimmage. Shit, it happens all the time, guys. And they're just one of those things that the ball goes up in the air. There's a lot of people around the line of scrimmage. It almost seems like there's a far better percentage of a chance that that ball's going to get picked off. He didn't throw into terrible coverage too often. I don't, man, I just can't think of one off the top of my head. I'm sure he did though. You know, I mean, he's a risk taker. But by and large, uh, Philip Rivers was excellent yesterday. Um, it, it, it was really one of the best games I've seen from this team uh, start to finish. I don't think the offense was terrible in the first half. I don't really think the defense was terrible last uh, in the first half. The fact of the matter is that pick came at a bad time. Um, kind of had the you know short, short field for the Packers. Of course, they're going to probably put at least some points up. But going down... 28-14, when you'd only had one real solid drive 
in the first half. Yes, you put some points up, but you only had one long drive in the first half as an offense. And you're only down, you know, you've got 14 points on the board. You know, that that's that's impre- impressive in my opinion. So, and then the Colts really came out. I mean, Rivers had a good game with 24 of 36, uh, 288 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, uh, was only sacked once. He continues to get himself out of pressure too, which is just mind-blowing because he is so stiff and such a statue in that pocket. But, you know, he made a lot of good decisions yesterday. That's the best game I think I've seen Philip Rivers play. Um, that's two weeks in a row he's had real good games uh, for the vast majority of those games. And he's not putting the ball at risk. And that's important. I mean, if we can get that play from Philip Rivers every week, and he, his arm looked strong yesterday, which really uh, something that I noticed, and it impressed me. Um, even on those 10 to 15-yard crossing routes, you're, you're seeing him put a little stank on it, which is nice, and it kind of just relieves some of your worries and your stress about, you know, is his arm, you know, done for? There's a lot of talk, obviously, about him coming back next year, not coming back next year. I don't necessarily think that there's anything going on at this moment that says, no, we're not bringing him back, or yes, we're definitely bringing him back. I think this is going to take the full season to kind of figure it out. The Colts do need an answer for long-term at quarterback, but Phillip Rivers right now is playing some great football, and the Colts should be extremely excited about that. Uh, On the ground, Taylor had a nice game. Um, he He had 90 yards. He had 100 if it wasn't for the damn holding penalties that the Colts were. I mean, just over and over and over. The Colts really shot themselves in the foot, were in easily in field goal, uh, field goal range, and then the Colts go backwards with holding penalty after holding penalty. And it was so aggravating. I'm sure it was aggravating to the team, but Taylor really started chewing up some yards. I mean, he had like a nine and an eight-yard run on two of those holdings and had a couple six-yard runs on them too. So – you have to look at it that way. He easily had 100 yards yesterday if it weren't for those holding penalties. Uh, Wilkins was effective on only four runs, uh, 21 yards on the ground. I, I thought that we saw some great play from, obviously, a lot of guys on the offense. I mean, um, look at uh, – I mean, you have a guy like Harris who is an occasional speed weapon. You can't use him more once. I didn't like the fact that they tried to second reverse with him. You know, be a do something different, make it a shovel pass or something like that, uh, to where it doesn't bring the same action and, and it's not something that the defense can easily read out. And I feel like they did, uh, but he is a weapon, and you like that with you know Campbell not in the lineup. You need that. That you definitely need that. And he's proved to be a pretty solid receiver in that respect as well. So you got to like that. That's a great um, surprise, so to speak, from a guy that you just wouldn't expect to get much production from. Uh, Burton made a phenomenal catch in the end zone. That is a beautiful catch. Um, and it was a huge, uh, huge touchdown. Uh, Hilton was was big. Uh, uh, he didn't have a massive game, three catches, 36 yards. But the but he just he made a couple good catches. He ran an excellent corner route and was able – he looked yesterday when Philip was thrown to him like he and Philip are on the same page at least. You know, he is spreading the ball around. I mean, look – the of of all these guys, none of them had four, uh, more than four receptions, and that's Taylor, who led the team in receptions yesterday, coming out of the backfield. He was the only one who had at least four receptions. Everybody else was three. Pittman was great. 
uh, some big yak, 40 yards worth of yak on that crossing route, ended up taking it in for the end, uh, for the touchdown. Pascal was good. Can, those two, Pittman and Pascal as well, really good blockers out there. Yes, Pittman got called for a holding. Pascal got called for one as well. But they are strong and they are uh, physical guys out there uh, as wide receivers. And you really love to see that, especially for, you know, short uh, screen passes or if you see – you know, some sort of a, a wide, like a, on a reverse. They're they're integral to the way that this team runs the ball and short passing game, um, especially with their blocking. Hines had a few catches for 31 yards. Um, like I said, Burton and Pittman and Jack Doyle with only one catch for the day. Uh, those were the Colts receiving touchdowns. And I think Doyle's kind of become relegated to a – you know, anywhere from one to three or four target guy per game. Um, he took a massive hit on his touchdown, too, from a couple different guys. And Rivers beamed it in there and really fit it into tight coverage. So offensively, you know, you like to see the production that you got yesterday. Um, but defensively, guys, that, that was the story, right? Uh, we'll come back right after a short break and we'll discuss a little bit more of the defense. We'll talk about some of the uh, possessions that happened in the second half. We'll try to focus on that a little bit and kind of uh, break it down how the Colts ended up pulling this one out in uh, in week 11 over the Packers. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys. Welcome back. Um, let's talk defensively real quick uh, about this team before we go into some of the possessions here and talk about some of the guys on the defensive side of the ball that were so good. Uh, we did talk about Yassin getting that much-needed interception. Uh, Leonard, Buckner, Stewart, all guys that played really well. Moore was excellent. Uh, led the team in tackles yesterday. 
Blackman has just continued to make plays over and over again. His defense has been excellent. Houston was able to get a coverage sack yesterday. Cassius Marsh, who is a defender, got a few snaps in there on the defense, but he has proven to be a really good signing because of his special teams. Uh, I think he forced a fumble yesterday that uh, on special teams, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he's made a couple plays. He made a couple plays last week against the Titans. He made a couple plays yesterday. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Blankenship was excellent, not defensive uh, type guy, but very, very good from the Colts defense. You have to love the fact that they held the running backs to 53 yards. I mean, obviously, you know, Devontae Adams is going to have a game, guys. I mean, he's one of the, the most targeted guys on this offense, if not the most and he had 106 yards receiving, but, you know, seven catches on eight targets, he, he's just that good. Uh, Valdez Scantling, I thought that the Colts did a nice job of covering him up, even though he had three catches for 54, uh, 55 yards. He only uh, caught half of his targets. Uh, Tanyan, the tight end, he was pretty solid for them as well. Uh, he looks to be kind of a force as they get uh, further along. And, you know, Jones out of the backfield caught a few passes as well. Uh, otherwise, you know, I mean, when you look at the the end result here for Jones, especially 14 touches and 71 yards, that that's pretty good. I mean, I, I'm happy with that as a Colts defense, as a Colts defense, to giving up only 70 yards to Jones, especially when he gets as many touches as he did. Um, you know, he had he had a 15 yard carry on one, and the rest of the uh, you know his other nine carries he totaled just what 26 yards. So, I mean, that you have to look at that as a massive win for this Colts defense. And, you know, like I said, the Colts forced four turnovers uh, defensively, and that's that's huge. The, the, the first half, the Colts were, you know, the, 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 the kind of the story of the first half was the Colts didn't score on the, on the uh, turnovers that they forced, and, and, and Green Bay did. So that was kind of the tale of the first half. The stats from Rodgers, I mean, you, you look at the kind of stats at the, at the, after the end of the first two drives where both teams had uh, turned the ball over on their first drive, both teams scored touchdowns on their second drive. Rodgers was hot, 5 of 5 of 78 yards for the first two possessions and a touchdown. Rivers was hot as well on his first two drives, 4 of 5 for 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, halftime. You got Rivers at 12 of 17, 153, two scores and a pick. Rodgers, 13 of 16, 160, three touchdowns and a pick. Third downs, the Colts were much better in the first half, actually, than they were in the second half, which is kind of remarkable. The Colts ended up at, what, 6 of 16, I think, total uh, throughout the, the game. And in the first half, they ended up being, you know, I think they ended up, what, 3 of 6. They were 50%. Uh, one of one on fourth down. Green Bay was three of four, um, and both the Green Bay Packers and the Colts were perfect in the red zone in the in the first half. So that was kind of interesting. Um, I think the Colts had four penalties at halftime. I mean they they ended up with a ton of penalties, over a hundred yards in penalties yesterday from the Colts. Totally uncharacteristic, totally, you know, I mean, not, that is not acceptable football from this team. And, and, and you just have to say 
that the Colts can't do that anymore. Period. It just it just can't happen. Um, so obviously there's some things that the Colts need to tidy up, and they will. Um, but m- more more than anything, the Colts just have to continue to play inspired football the way that they have. Um, and th- these past two weeks have been fantastic. So let- let's hope that they can continue on and take another one from the Titans this week as they head into week 12, because that'd be, that's a huge game. I mean, three huge games in a row and the Colts can come out of this three and oh, um, I think that a lot of heads will turn that the Colts are gamers now. You know what I mean? Um, a a lot of the story at the beginning of the, of the uh, season was that the Colts hadn't really played anybody. And that's not, that's not a lie. The Colts hadn't played anybody and they hadn't really had a test. They should have beaten, in my opinion, they should have beaten the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens were ready. The Colts had them uh, where they wanted them. The Colts just did not capitalize, plain and simple. The Colts should have won that game. That's who the Titans beat yesterday. So, you know, the the Titans are more than capable of of winning some big games themselves. So the Colts have to take care of business within the division. Um, As I stated, the first four possessions, there was a... Fumble from each team and a touchdown from each team. Touchdown drive. Uh, then they back it up with with uh, punts from each squad. The Colts pick off Rodgers there on the following possession about the Colts drive, uh, barely, if you want to call it that, for three yards and then miss a field goal. Um, so you, you kind of come away with nothing there. Colts could have been up 10-7 uh, the following play or the following possession, the Packers – uh, get a touchdown on theirs, fourteen to seven. The Colts throw a pick on the very first play, which was just terrible. I mean, it just uh, terrible timing. Um, obviously, the Packers score a touchdown on that. Colts are all of a sudden down two scores. The Colts do come back with their big sustained drive of the half and and get that touchdown um, to Burton to make it twenty one fourteen. The bad news is you give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers and he scores in a minute and a half and now the Colts are down two scores. Nice to see the Colts come back. So here's the the big turn. The Colts get all 10 of their points. I'm sorry, all 11 of their points in their first two drives of the second half. Immediately to come out. 14 plays, 56-yard field goal. A lot of plays for only three points, but they did it. So... I think everybody's looking at that going, damn, you have to come away with a touchdown there. And they didn't. However, the Colts do force a three and out. They come back on their following possession, run up 10 plays for 55 yards and put it in the end zone. That's huge. Colts force another three and out and get themselves a field goal. Right there, you have 28-28 in the fourth quarter. Colts are moving. Colts force another fumble uh, on the kick return. Colts end up getting a field goal out of that. And just like that, literally just like that, the Colts are up by three. Force Green Bay off on downs on their next one. The Colts have to punt, can't take advantage of that. Green Bay ends up tying it up with a field goal at 31 apiece after a 10-play drive. Then the game's over. Regulation is out. Everybody's looking for the coin flip. Gotta hate these. I hate overtime. I hate overtime. Two, I mean, several reasons. The Colts just don't ever seem to get the flip. And they didn't in this one either. And you have Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hand. Ugh. It just feels like, here we go. Colts have played excellent defense all second half. And now he's going to just 
marched down the damn field or something. Doesn't happen that way. Second play of the possession, Blackman forces that fumble. Colts take it. No, not really anywhere they have to go. They do have to get some better field position for the field goal attempt. They do. They pick up only eight yards, though, on the four plays. Blankenship drills it, and the Colts come away with a huge-ass win. I mean, it just was super exciting to sit there and watch it. It was the loudest I've been. I I, I have really focused <laughs> um, trying to maintain being kind of level while I'm at home watching my game or watching the games. And I yesterday was – I mean, first of all, the holding penalties just – drove me up the wall, which I'm sure they did for everybody else. I mean, if you had anything in your hand that wasn't breakable, I'm sure you threw it. Uh, I was yelling at the TV because we kept seeing Taylor getting picking up some nice yardage, uh, yet we also see, saw Glowinski getting hit for holds, uh, the receivers, a couple of them, getting hit for holds. Uh, and over and over and over, uh, Glowinski played, I mean, in, in terms of the holding penalties, he had a ton of them like three or four of them uh Quentin Nelson had a few even um so you know overall though you kind of look at the fact that the Colts didn't have their starting right tackle in all this um I didn't re-watch the game specifically for this but I think the Colts did pretty damn well uh for protection when when you look at it uh you know the the whole the whole day I mean, they just they just played really well, and the Colts didn't have a massive drop off. I didn't feel like at right tackle. They did try to help him out a little bit um, with some some stockier sets. They did move uh, Moali Cox a lot to the right side of the line, um, but the right side of the line really kind of struggled for the Colts in terms of run blocking. That was for sure. The left side of the line, the Colts did pretty damn well. That was a big factor to me. And not only this, but look, we see the outside zone runs a lot. Um, I think it's a good, it is a good way to get a guy like Marlon Mack in a groove. He's good between the tackle or between the guards. I think he's good up the middle. Um, but I think when you get him outside and you give him a running lane, he can explode. So far, we've not seen that same type of ability from Taylor uh, or Hines. Hines is good outside as well, but it takes him a while to find that little crease. And if he doesn't find it, he gets stacked up usually for a very short gain or a uh, no, no gain at all. That's where I think the Colts right now should look to kind of concentrate on running between the guards because they did awesome yesterday. And, and that was where Taylor picked up the vast majority of his yards. That's where Wilkins picked up the vast majority of his yards yesterday. That's something that the Colts need to look at. If we can kind of change our running style a little bit, maybe we can be effective and an effective running team and kind of leave the outside zone stuff to uh, a little less frequency. Uh, I'd like to see if that can continue. Uh, I'm not, I'm not an offensive coordinator, so I don't know exactly what the reasoning was behind all that. But I thought that the Colts did much, much better in the running game when they went right up the gut. Uh, there, what the couple drives there where Taylor went off. I mean, all of his big runs came up the gut. He didn't have many. I mean, he might have had one that was ten yard, nine, ten yards, something like that. But he had 
like three or four or five in a row. The Colts won at one point, ran the ball eight straight plays and were effective. This just, if nothing else, it proves that the Colts can do it. Because the Colts, and, and not only that, but the Colts need to do it. The Colts simply have to be a good running team to win in the playoffs. The Colts have to be a team that protects the football to win in the playoffs. The Colts don't have to shut out teams in the second half necessarily, but they can't give up, you know, 28 points in the first half. Granted, short field for, uh, I mean, Hall of Fame quarterback is a rough way (laughs) to start the half, you know, or for the first half to go. Two turnovers, they get 14 points off of it. That's a tough sell to talk to your defense and say, don't do this anymore. But we saw what this Colts defense could do. We saw what they could do last week. They took Henry completely out of the damn game. I mean, Henry was a big, he's a big dude and he's a good running back. But the Colts, because of them getting the lead the way they did on the Titans uh, in the way that they did, took com- took Henry completely out of the game as an option. That's huge. That's huge. And the Colts have to continue to do that. Take the weapons out of the game or you take everybody else out of the game and you hope that you can limit the weapons to a score as opposed to two or three. Not always uh, possible, not always the case to uh, to be realistic in terms of asking that from a defense, but the defense and special teams was amazing yesterday. The Colts' offense was very good outside of holding. Uh, and the penalties, like I said, 116 yards in penalties is effing ridiculous for sure. Um, not all of that is on the offense. I mean, that Rocky Sin uh, pass interference was a good 50 yards, I believe. And so that's, you know, the majority of half of it. But there's still eight other penalties there <laughs> that the Colts uh, did. And and the fact that they had to, I, mean, I think they had 10 other, two other uh, penalties were declined. So you look at it that way and it would have been significantly more. Uh, but all in all, very excited about this win. Big win for the Colts. They're going to get uh, the Titans uh, in week 12. That's a huge, huge win. Uh, and and that's, that's something the Colts simply cannot screw up. The Colts must take this win. Um, and, and if they can, then the Colts will be in great position for the rest of the season because then they have the Texans the following week. They're going to get the Raiders the week after that. Back against the Texans, then the Colts travel to Pittsburgh, and they finish the season with a home game against the Jags. So, I mean, the Colts have a lot to do. Their next, uh, after this game against the Titans at home, uh, it's 1 o'clock kickoff. The Colts have two road games, one home game, a road game, and and a home game again. So the Colts have a nice little mix of home and away here. Uh, home field advantage hasn't really um, stepped up in the way uh, this season because of a lack of fans at other places. So maybe the Colts uh, end up coming away with a really good uh, win-loss record on the road this year. That could be a big, big help. Um, but the Colts are always good in Houston. And the Colts are always good in Tennessee. Uh, the Colts just have to, you know, protect home and be good at home against them too. The Colts are never good in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is kind of the badass of the AFC right now. So the Colts have a big task ahead of them with that. The Colts are going to have a big task ahead of them and fl- and and going up against the Raiders. 
uh, the Colts have to come correct on these, and they have to prove that they're uh, a contender. To be perfectly honest with you, those two games they've got to win. I think they've they've got to win one of the two uh, against the Steelers and, and Raiders. They've got to win one of the two uh, to really be taken seriously. Now, t- being taken seriously doesn't get you any points and doesn't get you a win in the postseason, but it does bring up the the morale of that team and it does bring up the morale from fans and it definitely brings some motivation to some of the guys who may be just little pieces here and there getting five to ten snaps a game uh in whatever or the special teams could be you know this team is turning the ball over this team is making plays and the team has to get better in the red zone they've got to get more consistent in the run game but the Colts look really good right now and let's hope that they can take that through the rest of the season and, and win a couple of really big games uh, for Indianapolis. So um, huge game, huge game, and another big one coming up in week 12, guys. So um, stay tuned for more uh, from Stampede Blue Podcast Network uh, throughout the week. Uh, it should be an exciting week of prepara- uh, pre- preparation for the Colts to go ahead and, and try to sweep uh, the Titans on the year, they've swept the uh, NFC North this year, by the way, which is something the Colts typically don't do with their NFC opponents. And uh, you've got to love that. You've got to love that. So, um, hell, uh, guys, let's hope for 8-3 and three after this Week 12 uh, matchup with the Titans. And uh, we'll come back excited again next week for sure. So, thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue.